Hey y'all, my name is Anna Nash, and whether or not you stumbled on this podcast or intended to come for a short visit with me, I'm really glad you're here. One of my favorite things in life is telling stories, and I think many of you know that. I love stories and analogies. I love more than anything seeing God in the everyday and the ordinary of life. So on this podcast, I hope to be able to give some reflections about God and what I'm seeing about Him. No matter how long we've known God or um, how long we've sought to know Him more, there's always so much more of Him to find. All that we know on earth so far is just a hint of all that He is. And so through this podcast, it's my desire that we together discover more and more about Him as we journey through life. So thank you so much for giving it some time, and I believe that He will meet you in every way. Hey y'all, this is Anna. You may or may not know that recently, my husband Tyler and I had the incredible privilege of visiting our children in Bangkok, Thailand, where they are missionaries. After two and a half weeks, we began to make our plans to head to the airport and go home when some unexpected events popped up on our trip that caused us to have an extended unexpected stay. In that process, we um, fought to believe the truth of all that we know about God and His plans for our life. So in this episode, I share a little bit about that story and how the Lord met me, and I hope that you're encouraged to look for what He's doing, even when the unexpected happens. Okay, as many of y'all know, um, I recently had an unexpected and exciting opportunity to go visit our children in Bangkok, Thailand. Bangkok is a city of 15 million. To put that in perspective, New York City is 3 million. Um, It's buildings as far as you can see in every direction for as long as you can drive. It's building upon building upon building. It's very hot. It's Alabama July weather with the humidity 365 year round. My children are there with a mission to the world, um, and they are planting a church in the heart of the city. The church is on the 26th floor of a building, um, surrounded by buildings. We were able to go to church up there, and we put on earphones for translation. The music was all sung in Thai. We recognized the tunes, and we were singing in English. Um, it was it was a true joy. I never expected to be able to say that I would be able to go to Asia. Um, I, was ha- I had the opportunity to go three times before to China. The children were in China before the pandemic, and they haven't had opportunity to get renewed visas to go back there. So this is why now they're in Bangkok um, until the Lord sees differently. They have two little boys. They're very much at y'all's stage in life. Um, my son's name is Ty Nash. He was born in 1989, so some of y'all were probably born that year. And then my daughter-in-law is Jenna. She was born in 1991 in, in Daphne, Alabama. And they have three, three children, two little boys that are four and two and a newborn little girl, Virginia Francis, who we hadn't met. Virginia, Virginia Francis was born in Bangkok. If you can imagine having a, a baby as an American mom in a hospital where they don't speak your language halfway around the world from all of your family. She is a trooper. Um, 
but the pandemic kept us from going to meet Francie is what they're calling her, Francie Nash. Um, and so we've been with waiting until the borders were open in Thailand. They are much more restrictive because they didn't have access to vaccines. And so we had this, this idea of going and we looked at flights and they had sort of planned what we were gonna do during our two, two and a half weeks stay, but we couldn't go. We kept waiting and waiting to get away. Francie was born in December. So finally the borders opened and everything was much safer and Tyler and I got things taken care of at a Nova Coffee so that we could leave. I guess y'all know that we own a coffee shop in Nova. Um, and we took off and we had two and a half of the richest weeks you can imagine. To be with your family in another culture, we didn't do any of the touristy things. We were treated like Thai people and we just got to do the everyday things that they do with life. And it was, I could talk for a long time about that, but um, <coughs> first of all, to have children that are um, doing that, I could just cry. I mean, every prayer has been answered, that they are so sold out to this gospel that I'm sharing with y'all, mm -hmm. that they will go halfway around the world to let other people know about it. Um, <coughs> So we were, we ate all the Thai food. We, I rode on motorcycle taxis on the busiest street in Bangkok. We went to the market and bought baskets and wooden bowls. We did so many. We went to every coffee shop in Bangkok, not really, because there are hundreds, but it felt like it. My husband and my son, I mean, they brought us coffee from everywhere. And we just sat around their table. I cooked American meals for them. Um, she doesn't have a dryer. They hang all their clothes. Um, she doesn't have an oven. They don't use ovens. Um, they do all stovetop cooking. There's no hot water in the kitchen. It doesn't matter. They, they know what they're doing and they just are doing it. But I, it was a little more challenging for Anna. Um, I was like, oh, I'll like boil a little bit of water and put it in cold. Cause I'm like, I have to wash dishes with warm water, but they are amazing, no dishwasher. Um, they, they just are troopers. They don't, you know, they've acclimated. And so um, the day, okay, they live in the, uh, an apartment on the fifth floor with three littles. Um, there's no porch um, because nobody has patios or porches because, you know, we don't go on the porch in July, do we? That's why they, no, it's just unbearable. Um, and everything is still masked. So everywhere we went, we were all masked up. Um, so the day before we left to come home, we tested positive for COVID. That's a story in and of itself. Tyler and I have never had it. We were both double vaxxed and boosted because we knew we couldn't go see the children if we weren't, because we had to have so much documentation and be quarantined for 24 hours once we got there. Um, we work in public service in the restaurant industry. We both wash a lot of dishes of a lot of germy people that have had COVID. But for some reason, we had never gotten it. And we were just like, have y'all seen that meme where the guy's like really doing this funky dance and it's like all those people who haven't gotten COVID yet, like, <laughs> like I'm going to be one of those people that doesn't get it. I was one of those people, like, I'm just not going to get it. Um, we really didn't think we were going to ever get it. And so um, the children tested positive, the nanny tested positive, we all, everybody except the newborn tested positive. Um, it looks different over there when you test positive. So there were two issues at hand. One was we could not board the, board the plane um, without a negative test or a 10-day recovery form, which has to be medically documented at a clinic that you still got, you're still tested positive, but your symptoms are gone, you've had it for 10 days. Um, but then secondly, there was the issue of living there. 
So you have to report it to your apartment building and you're not allowed to leave. Um, you know when your mom or your parents come to visit and then you're ready? It was wonderful. <laughs> but you're ready for them to go home. And they're kind of ready to go home. Yeah. So this was us. We had been there two and a half weeks um, in this little bedroom, three-bedroom apartment. Um, three children, a young couple of parents, and the grandparents, Nana and Pa. We tried for Pop, but the first one couldn't say the second P, so he's just Pa. Um, so Tyler begins to panic because of Anova. I begin to... I don't really know what my initial thought was except for denial. Like, this isn't, we'll figure out a way. Mm -hmm. Well, we will get on a plane and we will leave. But it was, only took about two hours for us to realize that we were all in this apartment for a minimum mm -hmm. of 10 mm -hmm. days. Or, which it's not, it's not the end of the world at all. It's, it's very, it feels very first world to be saying this right now. But it was just a challenge. I was ready to get back to American food and to life and routine, plus a lot of responsibilities at the coffee shop and other things that I do with my work. Um, and we were mad at each other, Tyler and I were, already, before we got COVID. And I kept thinking, when we get back home, we, can't, we, we can talk to each other because we're like in this apartment. And you know, you just really need to talk it out. And just, we just need to say it at a certain volume. And we were like, I just couldn't. And so I could tell we were both just like, we're just going to wait till we get home and we will resolve this marriage thing that we've got going on. Well, it only intensified. He was not coming through for me as the husband that I needed to be in Bangkok with COVID. And trust me, I was not being the partner that he needed in that moment either. And we were looking at each other, for each other, to each other. And it was just so janky. Oh, it was just terrible. And I'm like, we just have to get home, dear Jesus. And... We were on about day three. We ended up with a schedule. We each took an hour with the kids in the morning. Um, I was super creative. Y'all would have been really impressed. I pulled out all my kindergarten teacher skills. And um, we did a schedule on the wall. And um, we were all sick with low-grade fevers, all the things. So long about day three, um, long about day three, I called I call my mom. This was another issue, so it's 12 hours different. So when I was awake, y'all were asleep. And when y'all were awake, I was asleep. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I couldn't really talk to my mom or my sister or my daughter who's here. My normal, you know, your people that you call and talk to when you're struggling. I couldn't talk to them. I mean, because, like, they were either going to bed. Or it was just very challenging. But one morning I woke up, and I was very, um, I was very discouraged. And I thought, I, I cannot do this one more day. And we'd only done it three days. And I, 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 I've, I've shared with people it was as if the Lord was like squeezing deep splinters out of each finger of all of my idols. My idol of marriage, my idol of productivity at work, my idol of comfort, every single one. It's like every day, it's like a new, and I'm like, oh, please. But he was stripping me. He was stripping me. So I called Mama on FaceTime, and she was about to go to bed, and I was sitting on my little bed in Bangkok. The, the room became sort of a haven. Um, the, the light only came in the room 15 minutes a day because it's like the buildings are like this and like it, the sun would go right there. And like I, I knew when the light would come in my room and I was like, had a alarm set. I'd run there and sit on my bed and I would just watch the sunlight. And it was <laughs> 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 um, but anyway, 
So I called mom and I'm like, mom, I can't do this. And y'all heard me talk about my mom, I think a little bit um, in, so, in some of these talks, but um, she's my mentor, my friend, my therapist. I, I could not afford her if I had to pay her to be my counselor because I talk to her every day and I need her wisdom and she's 85 and that would be really cool to have her come and share with y'all. But um, I'm like, mom, I can't do this anymore. I've had it, I'm irritated, I'm mad, I'm depressed. I'm anxious, I'm worried, I'm not being a good wife, I'm not being a good mom, I'm not being a good grandmom, I can't do this anymore. And without missing a beat, she said three things, and this is what I'm coming to share with y'all today. I'm happy to email y'all these notes, but if you wanted to write these things down, you could. She said, oh, Anna, okay, let me help you, let me encourage you right now. I don't have much time, I think she was about to go to bed, and I think she was probably pretty tired. She said, number one, listen to me. These things are very important in this moment. And you better believe me, I needed some hope. I needed some sort of light. Um, She said, number one, look for the purposes of God and ask him to show you. Ask him to show you, Lord, why am I in Bangkok? What are you doing? What are your purposes here? Um, The scripture that that goes along with that is Psalm 57, 2, which says, I cry out, I'm just going to give a paraphrase, I cry out to God most high. Who has purpose to show me his purposes for me? And basically, Mama was saying to me, number one, he does have purpose in this. And number two, ask him to show you because it really helps us when we can see why he's doing things in our lives. And so as I talk you through these three things, I want you to bring something to the table as well. I want you to bring your fill in the blank. What is the struggle that is before you right now? What is something in your life that's been thrown up unexpectedly that really you didn't see coming? Or what is something that you're having to deal with on a daily basis that you would have not written out in your storyline? It's the gift that you would really like to send back. Um, It's the gift that you did not ask for. It's that, that thing that wakes you up at night. It's the thing that might have you drink an extra glass of wine or run an extra two miles or do a little extra shopping therapy on Amazon. What is that thing in your life that causes you to feel like I felt in that moment? Hopeless, despair, anxiety, worry, fear. We could go on and on. So the first thing that I'm coming to share with you today is what Mama said was, in that moment, ask him, Lord, what are your purposes in this? Would you show me? Would you show me? Would you show me? And beg him. And every time the emotions well up within you, that is a tether to talk to him, to be curious. I love that word curious with God. Say, Lord, instead of saying, Lord, what are you doing? To say, Lord, what are you doing? Would you show me your purposes? Psalm 57, 2. What is right in front of you? When we were over there, They have a two-year-old, and he was the one that got the sickest with COVID, so they had to get him cough medicine and a steroid and, um, I think, uh, um, nose spray. And he was a terrible two-year-old at doing any of the medicine. And he would scream bloody murder. Some kids are good with medicine. Others, not so much. Um, I know I'm not telling y'all anything. And so they would take him in the other room because, you know, poor mom and dad having to hear all this blood-curdling screams. Um, they would hold him down and do all the things. You know, they would have all the syringe, you know, I got it all laid out. And, and they would be singing and playing blippy and all the things to try to get him to. 
And um, one night, my son Ty came out. They had put him down. His name is Harris. Um, that's my maiden name. Um, but they call him Didi, which means little brother in Mandarin. Mm-hmm. He's like, ah, I wish Didi understood. Mm-hmm. What we're doing to him is so, so good for him. It's going to help him be better. And when he came out and said that, I felt like the Lord was speaking to me, saying, Anna, that's what we're doing here. What I'm giving you right now, it's uncomfortable. You don't like it. But if you just trust me as your father, this is going to be better for you than anything you could ever imagine. I believe in a God that turns all bad things, hard things, dark things into good. I don't know the good. I wish I could tell you the good in all of your places and tell you all my stories of how they've been redeemed. I don't know yet. Some of your stories will be redeemed this summer, and for that I'm really, really thankful. Some of our stories we will not see the purposes until we get to heaven. But beyond a shadow of a doubt, we do believe because of our faith and because of the will of God and what he says in his word that he comes to redeem all things. All wrongs will be made right one day. I can promise you that. If you don't understand, you heard my story about Emily Lassiter. Just have enough faith till lunchtime. Lord, show me your purposes. Help me to believe until lunchtime. Okay, then Mama said number two. So number one, she said, Anna, look for the purposes of God and ask him to show you. Number two, you have to stay in the Word. She said, Anna, no matter what, get yourself in a room alone every day and ask God to speak to you and read the Word of God. Psalm 119, 105, y'all know that scripture. It says, um, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And I felt in the middle of darkness. So take that scripture very literal, very literally with me right now. Your dark places, your hard places. And use the word of God to pierce the darkness with light. <coughs> light wins over darkness every time. Darkness, there can never be enough darkness to overcome light. If there's one little flicker, one spark, it's going to win over the darkness every time. Um, so that's Psalm 119, stay in the Word. Now, I want to say this. I know that I personally struggle with all the list of all the things because it can quickly, for me, become about religiosity and not about a relationship with Jesus. So going to church getting in community here in small group, getting in a life group, um, doing time with the children in the Word, um, tithing, um, communion, baptism, um, missions trips, serving, giving, all the things on the list, and I could go on and on, but y'all, y'all know the list, right? Y'all know the boxes. The boxes were never meant, and I'm including reading the Word of God here, the boxes were never meant to, for you to achieve favor in God's eyes, ever. The boxes have nothing to do with performance or winning God's favor. Because you see, if they did, I'm going to argue here, if they had anything to do with how you measure up or how you polish up or clean yourself up, if it had anything to do with that, then it can't be grace. Because grace is total, 100% unmerited favor. And if I put one thing on the table, I'm going to read the word today because I'll have a better day. And God will be pleased with me and he will bless me. And if I pray enough, then nope, it's not grace. And Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, it is by grace we have been saved through faith. 
not in and of ourselves. It is a gift. Y'all, this is a gift. It is for freedom that he's setting you free in this moment. Receive that. And so, why read the Bible? If it's not about that. I needed God. Do you need God in these situations? You're helpless. If left to yourself, sorry. Y'all cannot figure it out. And I know you are a pretty competent group of women that can get a lot of things done. But there are some things in your life that are very, very out of control. Very out of control. And so... I need more of God to control it and show me what he's doing. And the way to get that is to plunge under the fountain of his will, his truth, his word. So if it's over there on the table, it's waiting. He is waiting to encourage you in those spaces. Look at these things, your devotional life, your quiet time, listening to your podcast in your car, these opportunities to receive and be filled with truth. Um, Set things Give yourself structure, for sure. It's good. Habits, um, you know, daily rhythms. He created us to be human beings that do well with goals and objectives and setting plans. This little thing I'm going to give you for summer is very goal-driven. If you don't like goals, please still read it because it's got a space for you to. Um, my sister will be like, I will never do that. I'm not setting goals. for. Don't ask me to give you a word for my summer. You know? And I'll be like, come on, give me all the goals. Um, so anyway, it, it, goals are important, um, objectives, a target, it, but it's not what it's about. It's that you're building a structure in your life for your relationship with God to grow. John 15 says, abide in me and I'll abide in you. Um, if you ask anything according to my will, you know that. And then it says, um, apart from me, you can do nothing. And it's talking about the grapes on the vine. And so, um, so... I heard this illustration the other day that the grapes, if they're laying on the ground, they'll spoil. They won't, it won't bear fruit or bear as much fruit if the grapes and the vines are just laying on the ground. So setting goals and being intentional in your walk with God is like building that trellis. He is the vine and he's the one that causes you to bear fruit and you are connected to him. But doing intentional things like this Bible study is setting up the trellis so that he can meet you. Okay, um, Psalm one nineteen one oh five. stay in the Word, stay connected. Um, in Bangkok, there was an apartment building right next to us, and there was a window of another, uh, uh, out my window, there was a porch where a lady would come out and water her flowers. And um, I started getting to be friends with her, and that was really, really cool um, to talk to her every day because she knew that we had COVID, and she was just sweet to engage with us and give us some sort of outside life. But my daughter-in-law put a sign in the window one day when we were leaving that said connect with me and gave a number where she could text her because we want to show you how beautiful your flowers look from this side of the wall. Um, And Jenna was like, oh, I hope she'll message me. I hope she'll message me. And that was really a cool little thing that happened. And so two days later, sure enough, she texted Jenna and said, this is the neighbor you've been talking to through the window. I'd love to see a picture of what my flowers look like on that side. Um, and that's just such a great illustration of just opening your window and just connecting with Bob, the Father through that sign. He's got that sign out for you to connect with him. Just receive it, and it's the Word of God. Okay, number three, walk by the power of the Spirit. Um, that's what Mama said. She said, number one, look for the purposes of God and ask him to show you. Number two, you've got to stay in the Word to find hope. 
Number three, walk by the power of the Spirit and to acknowledge that you cannot do this in your own strength. That gets back to what we talked about in the very beginning about our brokenness and our neediness. You don't have what it takes, Anna, to stay in Bangkok during quarantine in this apartment. You've got to say to him over and over, I can't do it. Would you fill me? I can't do it. Would you enable me? Would you fill me with your power? Do you believe as a child of God that you have the power of the Spirit? You do because of the Word of God. And when he left and was transfigured into heaven and he left the early church in the book of Acts, he left them with a spirit. And that was his power that he was giving them. So guess what? In these places that we're talking about, these places of struggle, these places of anxiety, what stresses you out the most in these places, he is saying to you, tap into another power source. You don't have what it takes. This is too big. Your battery is low. You're at about 2% at the end of this day. And you've got to rise up and plug in and recharge and, and pray and say, Lord, I can't, I can't do this. That's where I was. I was at the end of myself. Well, you see, when you get to the end of yourself, that's when God really begins to work, really begins to work. The scripture here is Romans 8, 6. Um, <clears throat> this is my paraphrase. Live by the flesh. To live by the flesh is death, but to live by the spirit is life and peace. Um, that's it. Living by the flesh is all that means. That's not talking about all this lustful stuff that's included. But what that means, living by the flesh, is making my life work on my own apart from God, and I do it every day, and so do you. You forget, and so do I. And so it says, live by the flesh, me, that's pride. Y'all heard me talk about that. Live by the flesh, and to live by the flesh, it's death. You won't make it. You will be drinking the extra glass of wine. You will. I don't know if that's glass number three or glass number four. Um, but to live by the Spirit is life and peace. Wow. To live by the Spirit, that's his power in you that's enabling you to carry on with your days and your hours. Um, number one, Mama said, look for the purposes of God. Number two, stay in the Word of God. And number three, walk by the power of the Spirit. Um, the, the, the streets were really, really busy in Bangkok, <coughs> and the children, you literally could not let go of them because you're walking on the sidewalk. And Jenna has taught them, if you step off this curb, you will get smashed, and it will hurt very badly. Like, she's like, she has to teach them about traffic, unlike y'all do here. Here, it's just like, look to the left, look to the right, make sure it's safe, and then you can cross. No, we aren't crossing. We're just saying, if you step, you get smashed. So, anyway, um, it, it was such a beautiful picture to make, watch the kids with the children, um, watch the parents with the children, and how they would always keep them on the inside. When they would walk around the corner, they would jump to the outside to protect them and hold on to them so tightly. And it was such a picture of there's danger, there are threats in life. And, and when I see that with the Spirit walking with me and in me, it's that reminder of that He's there. He's always jumping to the outside. He's protecting me. The Spirit is with me. Why? Gets back to that first circle in Waymaker. It's because He loves you. Sorry, second circle. It's because He's passionate about you. Just like my kids were passionate about my grandchildren. And that's such a picture of the Spirit. He is just a breath away at all times. So as I got back home, you want to know how this happened. They all tested <laughs> negative. 
But Nana Anna, I was the holdout person. <laughs> I kept testing positive, and I kept st- I kept feeling bad. So I knew that maybe at this point I wasn't even be able to get a recovery form if I still had fever. Mm. So then I ended up, we would go to the clinic, go to the clinic. We were testing every day. That was our chance to get out of the apartment. But then you had to come right back. And the medical clinic was interesting in and of itself. But um, we would go, like, a lot every day. And so, like, the last two days, it was just me. I was walking to the clinic. It's like the numbers got smaller and smaller as the family members tested negative. And um, we were throwing out all kind of funny puns, like, I'm trying to stay positive, and then, no, 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 <laughs> be negative. Um, but anyway, this one day I went, and I felt so bad, and I knew I was going to be positive, and I was just at the end, and Tyler was beginning to make plans to go home without me. Mm. Let me just say, that is a hard journey to make by yourself. Yeah. I've done it once from China. It's very hard to do by yourself, um, especially when you're going through Qatar um, and having an eight-hour layover in Qatar. By myself, I was scared to death, and I didn't want him to leave me, but he needed to leave, and I understood. But I tested negative that day, and so we were able to both board a flight 12 hours later and get home. But you see, what I realized when I got home is I kept drawing on those three points. I didn't really need them anymore. I wasn't in Bangkok, and that's when Mom had given them to me. But I kept drawing on them, and guess what? I had an opportunity to share it with a person whose ch- adult child had gone wayward, and she was in my kitchen sobbing, saying, I don't understand. And I said, oh, guess what? I have something to share with you. Number one, ask God to show you his purposes in this. Number two, get in the Word so that you'll have hope. And number three, walk by the power of the Spirit as their mom. You can't do this on your own. And then someone else. And, then, and I'm like, you know what? This is just such a great practical thing to do in a walk of faith. And my mom, because she has done that, it just came out of her. It was not formulated. She didn't think next time Anna calls me, it's because she spends time in the Word with God. She's very dependent on Him, and she believes that by His power, she can live the Christian life with bravery and strength and courage. And so that's what I call y'all to today, is to look at those three things and to be encouraged by those, because you can bank on these things. They're according to His will just like we started with. So thank y'all for listening to my story about Bangkok. Thank y'all for letting me share with you that interesting story about Bangkok, a place that I never thought I would find myself. I want to just close by reminding you of those three things. Number one, when you're in an unexpected place, ask the Lord to show you His purposes for what's going on. Number two, stay in the Word. And number three, remind yourself every day that you can't do it on your own, but only in the power of the Holy Spirit. We'll drop these things in the show notes along with the scriptures. And I just encourage you, next time you're feeling challenged and you don't understand what God is doing or why He's doing it, to rehearse these three things and the truth of His Word. And I believe that you will find find newfound hope and peace as you do this. Thank y'all.